Hey everybody, welcome to the Full Frame uh, Podcast. Could you just oh. uh, just uh, take, stop and take it from the top one more time. Okay, okay, you ready? Hey guys, welcome to the show. This week we're going to talk to Connor Kyle. Connor is a rep screenwriter based in LA, and he's also a good friend of the HMD Films team. I was lucky enough to produce one of his shorts, Soda Jerks, a couple years ago. So, with that said, on with the show. Hey, Connor. Welcome to the show. Hey, Zach. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so it is, uh, it is seven o'clock my time. It is four o'clock your time. We are doing our East coast, West coast, uh, conversation. It's been a while since we've actually been able to chat. So I'm excited to have you on the show. Yeah. I've been, uh, hoping to get on for a while. I've been listening to it and just, uh, enjoying the interviews you guys have done so far. Good, good. Yeah. You've, I mean, you're, you've been on Griffin and I's list. Um, it just got kind of crazy busy the last time I reached out to you, but, um, so let's start off with how you and I know each other. We know each other from uh, going to school together. Yes. Um, back then, am I wrong to say you were kind of focused on playwriting? I was sort then? of a, we were sort of half and half. Um, okay. I was a, uh, I had a lot of theater credits and I had a lot of film credits. And at one point I just went up to the counselor and was like, just tell me what to major in that will cost me less money. And uh, they told me film, you had slightly more credits towards that. So that is what I picked. And uh, I had a hand re- really heavily in both worlds all throughout school, like running a student theater company and writing and directing a sh- show every semester, but ultimately um, ended up majoring in film and making a senior film and going that whole route. Yeah, I remember the, I mean, my, I remember seeing all your shorts, but I remember you as a very heavily, like, I remember going to your shows every semester. Um, And you always had a very, it was a very specific style. You have a very, even back then, it was obvious uh, that this was like a Connor script. Right. That was uh, a really fun time. Uh, I think a lot of people who want to get into film would almost, uh, they, they would benefit heavily from dabbling more in theater because I think that you can develop so many of the skills that you will need to succeed in film while also um, kind of broadening your horizons and uh, you, you have so much less kind of investment of cost and equipment and time. And it really lets you focus on scene work and character work and dialogue and all these things that are to some filmmakers, uh, borderline and afterthought at at certain levels, like, um, stuff that you don't really have the resources to worry about as much when you're making films. So do you have a preference of, uh, currently, do you have a preference of what you're writing for? Do you like writing for, the screen or do you prefer writing for uh the stage it's been a long time since i've done stage i really miss it and um i really did like it and i i love the fact that you can just focus so much as a i I would write and direct my plays too which um would allow me to just have a lot more sort of control as a uh, real control freak and um just let you focus so much on the things that interest me more and with film, I feel like the technical aspects as a director have gotten in the way. And I mean, you and I have uh, worked together on, on some shorts and things. And uh, I, I'm almost never as happy as I've been with the theatrical results because the technical stuff with film just gets in the way. Interesting. And, and but, you, you know, you directed um, a sh- uh, Soda Jerks, which I thought came out amazingly well. Like, I, I was so like I watched that when everything got cut together and stuff. I'm like, damn, this is such a good little short. Like Connor directed the hell out of this. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a great experience, and I'm glad to have done it. And all my shorts, I'm glad to have done, and I've worked with some amazing people on them that have contributed so much. But at the end of the day, I just feel like so limited by my own lack of experience and my own lack of just money and time, you know? So I, I, at the end of every short, I've been like, well, hopefully the next one, that'll be the one. Are there plays on your docket or in the pipeline that you're getting ready to write or that you want to write? Sadly, no. Like I've written one or two since I've moved here, but I've been almost entirely focused on features since I moved to L.A. three years ago. And is that just because there's just not a call for plays out in L.A.? Or? There's not. It's it's a weird sort of scene um, from from everything I've experienced. It's uh, actors want to be in plays and are kind of available to be in them. But the, the venues are so small and the money just isn't there. So when did you make the move from East Coast out to L.A.? I moved in 2015 directly after graduating. So I graduated I had to take extra classes in the summer to uh, get those last few credits. And then like weeks after I got the diploma, drove four days cross country all the way to California. Can you talk a little bit about that? Just like, was it, I mean, were you excited for it? Were you super anxious about moving it? Why'd you move like immediately? Um, a lot of all of the above, I guess. I felt that the, the more roots you put down, the harder it becomes to kind of um, excise them later. Right. Uh, it, I didn't want to stay and, you know, get a job and build a kind of life back in Virginia because then it would just become so much harder to uproot that and to move uh, all the way across the country and do what I thought that I really needed to, which is to write movies and TV. So it was, I was very excited, um, but at the same time, there was a sense of like inevitability about it. I was like, I'm going to end up here eventually. So I kind of need to just do it now before uh, I think about it too much. And when you got to LA, what were those first kind of couple years of uh, living in the city like? Oof. Um, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, it's difficult here. It's it's not for everyone, and it's challenging. It's expensive. It's hard to find a job. God, when I moved here, I applied to like four minimum wage retail jobs. I applied to like comic book shops and movie theaters, and I didn't get any of them. And I was shocked. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, "You lied to me, Grandma. You told me I could get any job with a college degree." <laughs> um, but uh, it was challenging to start, and you have to kind of scrape by on odds and ends and uh, weird Craigslist jobs and, you know, selling, <laughs> donating blood for money. It's, uh, it, it's weird to start out. Um, it's uh, an uphill climb for sure. And were you, even through all those struggles, were you continually writing? Yes. Um, so I ha only had a real kind of steady job for about eight to 10 months here, I started out with a kind of unpaid internship in reality development, which had its moments and got me a few sort of unscripted jobs after, but it turned out that no one in reality or unscripted really knew anyone or had any helpful connections to the scripted world, which is what the, what I moved here for, what I really cared about. So although I worked on some uh, reality shows, which were a good paycheck and I met some great people on them, ultimately I had to kind of just buckle down and spend, you know, four to six hours a day writing movies and um, do that uh, until they were done and go from one to the next and just finish one, then finish another and uh, just grind through the, uh, the difficult process of building a portfolio. And throughout that portfolio, like how, what is your process to your writing? Are you a draft guy? Are you a, I got an outline guy? Like, what is your process? 
I'm a heavy outliner. Um, I will start out with just a sort of page of very broad and vague ideas. Uh, I will write down just images almost that I would want to see. Like this is going to be a gothic horror movie. I've got to have a scene where people are rowing uh, canoes over a misty lake holding lanterns. Like got to have that scene. Right. And then try to find a way to kind of connect those and um, build out from your initial ideas and images and just sort of seeds of characters. And then from there, I just uh, I spend about three weeks on just outlining uh, for every feature and pilot that I do and um, will write out not only one whole outline, I will then rewrite that two or three times and then not only assign individual scenes, but individual page numbers to each scene. So I will know page one to two, this happens. Page three to five, this happens. And even if you kind of stray from, or if, even if I kind of stray from that in my first draft, I know the kind of roadmap before I begin. That's interesting. What type of genres uh, content do you mainly focus on? Or is it just a broad spectrum of stuff? I'm mostly a horror writer at this point. Um, I didn't necessarily plan for that. I came from a sort of background. Almost all my sort of plays and things were dark comedies. But um, when I came here, I uh really started focusing on horror and that's the one i the script i kind of broke in with and ultimately i just sort of decided this is my favorite genre and uh, if there's anything that i can bring my unique set of just my unique tool set to to kind of elevate it from the basic trappings and the sort of uh ultimately kind of low bar that people expect you to be able to jump over i can take that and um expand it and 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 build it up to something that I'm really proud of and that I think is really like affecting dramatic work. Um, and uh, that ended up being sort of my focus. And, and now I'm kind of known as a horror guy. So I'm fine with that. I kind of like it. <laughs> and, and within the horror genre, are there particular like subgenres that you tend to focus on? You talked, to, you talked about, you know, the Gothic elements and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm mostly a horror drama fan. Um, uh, scripts that can combine elements of both um, uh, all, uh, borderline theatrical drama at times, heavy, heavy use of dialogue and um, intricate character work. And then also I like to mash that together with just um, very kind of ghoulish horror. Uh, it's um, things I would compare. Uh, some of my biggest influences are, um, for instance, like I love Sam Raimi movies, like the evil dead or some of the, I grew up on that stuff. And, uh, I love a sort of dash of a different genre in that, like the sort of comedy elements that he brings to his work. Or, um, I love Ari Aster's films, like not just hereditary, which he was just uh, blew, kind of blew up with, but all of his short films, which sort of weave ghoulishness and drama together in really unique and interesting ways. And I love Lynn Ramsey movies who kind of combine uh, her love of like pulpy genre stuff with just this really intricate and developed dramatic background. And uh, they become a kind of uh, interesting mishmash of those two worlds, the like pulp schlock world and the, um, you know, <laughs> try hard drama world, I guess you'd call it in a, in a certain way. I, I, don't, I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory way, but like, the um craig zoller is one of my another one of my favorite mm -hmm. writers s s craig zoller who wrote movies like bone tomahawk and brawl in cell block 99 and books like a congregation of jackals i really like how he combines different genre elements and kind of uh leans so heavily into those 
but mm-hmm. also leans heavily into the drama portions. And so you end up with a, a great synthesis of the two. So are there, out of the uh, time you were nose to the grindstone, writing scripts, um, developing them to build out your portfolio, are there stories that you were, you know, that you can tell us about that you were really, really happy with that they came out and they kind of flourished? Yeah, I can talk about the script I kind of broke in with, which is called Peter and the Wolves. Um, this was a year ago now is when I, uh, like almost exactly a year ago is when I got signed off of this script. Um, and this is one of those ones where I decided not to kind of worry about budgetary concerns or the mm. constraints of filmmaking at all. And just to lean 100% into my strengths and makes write something exactly like what I would want to see. And uh, that was when I, I, I was like, I'm going to do my kind of Guillermo del Toro Goonies adventure. It's going to be a sort of like uh, morbid and uh, innocent in a way, kind of mm. um, like uh, adventure in the style of, you remember when in the 80s movies back before we decided kids couldn't be in danger? Yes, right, uh, we're exactly. Like, kids, kids can just be uh, in life-threatening danger constantly. So I thought it would be amazing to see one of those that was sort of a period piece that was whimsical and fairy tale like, but also soaked in you know blood and tragedy, uh, and just ends up being a kind of um, uh, a mishmash of those two sort of styles. And um, Peter and the Wolves is a a sort of a horror adventure script set in World War II, Leningrad, starring a bunch of kids. So obviously, I, I thought no one could really make this right but um that's that i think is some of the strongest work um a writer can do is when you forget about the constraints and stop worrying about them and just lean into your strengths and lean on your crutches and um find the things that you the thing that you try to avoid doing because you're like oh i do that too much i'm always writing that kind of protagonist i'm always choosing that kind of story i can't do that again i think you almost need to you need to find the thing that you are drawn to and that captivates you and uh just fall into it the process for peter and the wolves how many drafts did you do how long did that take did you send it out to people and get feedback i mean what was what was that process like so with Peter, I, I wrote, I think, just two drafts or so. I wrote one all on my own, showed it to a few friends, then did another. And then after that, I was like, okay, good, done. I hate lingering, and I kind of hate revising. So I immediately I submitted to Blacklist with it and paid for evaluations uh, right away. And um, they were brutal. Uh, mm. I got roasted in these blacklist reviews i got four out of ten in the first one and that um that really held me back and and like affected me and i thought i i thought this was the script i thought this was the one i had written a lot before that this is probably my seventh or eighth full-length script but i i thought to myself as this one was done this is the one i i, I did it i finally made the one that embodies really who I am as a writer. And uh, I'm finally going to kind of push forward to the next step. And then it, it uh, hit me in the gut when I got that uh, evaluation. Um, But at the same time I had entered the launch pad contest, which is run by the tracking board website. Um, They're not paying me. I promise they're not uh, endorsing me, but I will say um, best 80 bucks I've ever spent because that is the, contest that I placed in the top 10 of last year and it got me a manager and has put me where I am today. So, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of backlash against contests in this community. There's a lot of people saying, unless it's Nichols or Austin, you're wasting your time. 
but I didn't waste my time uh, and I didn't waste that money. So uh, I'll say if, if something seems like it will pay out, if it has, if it, if the contest has the kind of benefits that, that back up uh, to, you know, to, to back up the entry cost, then go for it. Just try it. You have to submit your work to as many places and people as possible. Can you give a little synopsis about what Launchpad is and kind of that process? Sure. Uh, again, they're not paying me, but Launchpad is a yearly contest that has both pilots and features uh, sections. And um, you pay like between 60 and $90, I think, and depending on the date. And you submit either a feature or a pilot, and then you wait like, six months and you are kind of you pass through the different rounds and like sort of quarterfinals then you know top 50 top 10 or top top 25 top 10 and then eventually just the winners which i think there's like three total and like sort of one overall winner and a bunch of sort of sub prizes within that um and uh i after that brutal review i mentioned i didn't expect to be getting a callback or a uh, an email from tracking board. I was like, Oh, the script actually sucks. I, I thought it was good. Uh, nope. Uh, I, I goofed, I missed. Um, but it just moved round after round till I placed in the top 10. And from there I queried all of the judges. I found, I looked on IMDB pro to find all their contact info. They're mostly managers and just mm. emailed them one by one to ask, will you read more scripts from me? And six out of 10 said yes. So tip to you folks at home. Uh, Enter lower level contests and email every judge if you place. And be tenacious. Yes. Um, don't. Uh, just because you didn't win doesn't mean you won't get anything out of it. So w with Launchpad, is it? Are, are you getting feedback? Is that kind of what you're as you're going through the rounds, or is it? You know, what's the? I guess the win at the end of it. No, you get no feedback. <laughs> no feedback. Um, I I think actually I can't remember if you get a paid for it or not, but um, you just wait and you end up in a final. Once you place where where you end up, some if you are in the sort of top ten, you will end up on some lists like the sort of tracking board best writers of the year booklet and like their um, uh, special section of the hit list and stuff. And um, you can look at the a spec book that the tracking board puts out and someone will have written a, a nice little synopsis of your movie, which is cool. Um, but beyond that, there's no feedback that I'm aware of. So reaching out to the judges, is that what you, what got you into a meeting to eventually get repped? Yes, it is. Um, in the descriptions of the contest, they mentioned several times how if your script is really good and you place high, judges will kind of reach out to you and they will find you. That isn't um, necessarily the case. Um, they won't, or if it is, it won't happen right away or in a, in a way that you expect. So right. it, uh, I met with a few companies after the, or a few management companies after the contest was done. And, um, but most of them were ones that I had to reach out to myself. There was only one company that uh, reached out to me directly, which I was glad to go and meet with. But um, the other ones uh, I ended up having to just find on my own and talk mm. to them on my own. And they were glad to respond and glad to meet with me. But you do have to make that first step. Interesting. That's, um, and, and so all of this was through the judges in the Launchpad contest, you reaching out to those folks? Yeah, um, and they are man. If they are a judge in the contest, that proves that to me, and should prove to you that they care about that contest, and they are yeah, looking sure. for clients. Um, and if they are looking for clients, and you place in the contest they care about, they will respond to you. So let's let's move on to you getting repped. Let's go sure. into that. So what was you reached out um, to a particular company who shall remain nameless for this podcast, um, and 
did you you were just saying like hey was it just a general meeting that you guys scheduled and you went in or what was that like there ended up being three companies that i met with um the uh the first of which um reached out to me but the other ones all are are based off of me having submitted additional scripts to them so for instance i I, I, uh emailed them asked the manager would you read more from me and again six out of ten of them said yes so this is definitely worth doing and um, then from there, had a total of uh, three meetings at the end and just picked the kind of best offer that I got out of those three. And was the offer for to buy one or a couple of your scripts or? Oh, I wish. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> the thing is, uh, when you're querying management, they aren't typically looking to buy scripts or although managers can act as producers, they at this kind of level are usually just looking for you. They're looking gotcha. for writers. Um, so, uh, although I sent them my, for- my full portfolios and I, the company I'm, I'm with now elevate, I, I sent them my full portfolio. Um, ultimately they wanted to meet with me. It wasn't really about the scripts themselves. Although gotcha. possibly if I had had way more marketable kind of samples, then it would have been about that. So mm-hmm. I would recommend if you're going to break in with something, break in with something that, uh, is producible, uh, in some way or sort of, you know, lower budget. Um, but, uh, no, I, it was mostly just me, um, reaching out to them myself and, um, getting those meetings and pitching myself as a, as a writer and as a person. And so in those meetings where you're meeting with them and you're kind of pitching yourself, what are the questions? What are the conversations that you're having? It's really casual. It's, it's, Mm. it's much more casual than you'd think. Um, it is in offices, but, uh, they will come in and like offer you a water and just want to talk really they they will have a few questions for you about the kind of things that interest you the kind of stuff you want to make and um how you kind of see yourself as a writer but they're kind of feeling you out i think partially to see if you are a psycho um if they've read you in a meeting with you then they are ultimately a little interested at least um they've already read your work so um, they're kind of just feeling out your personality and they want to see if you're someone who can sort of collaborate and take notes and has a lot of ideas and is energetic and who is interesting. How did those meetings go for you? Were they awkward? Were they kind of laid back and casual, like you said? It was really fun. I mean, yeah. I, I, after having written for years and years, I mean, the fact that someone has read something and likes it so much they want to meet with you is a, an amazing feeling. I can't put it any other way um and some of them were at like i met one of them at like a restaurant which and they bought my drink which was a new experience for me so it's all a little (laughs) like overwhelming at first and you're like wow i have fans what someone has actually read this it's very hard to get read and it's very hard to even get friends and family to read your work so the fact that someone has read it and not just read it but really liked it is it's a great feeling i i I loved it (laughs) so um, are you repped by one particular person at Elevate or is it the entire company that I guess reps you? It's um, a, t- a partnership that represents me, but okay. mainly just the one representative. My manager is Raquel David at Elevate, um, more or less, but it's, it is the whole company that um, they, they work together. They have a, a lot of clients that they kind of just share amongst them. Gotcha. Do they focus on a particular do they focus on writers? Do they focus on kind of the whole spectrum of filmmaking? Do they focus on genre? Like what is Elevate's focus? 
The nice thing is that they have both, and that has actually helped my career a lot because um, my manager represents directors too that she has put me in touch with. And um, those directors have, um, one of them, uh, this director, Charlie, that I've worked with is the one who got me this job on Creepshow, writing uh, an episode for the upcoming series on Shudder. Um, so they will put you in touch with their other clients and can try to create packages that way. And, and it's really helpful and convenient when your manager represents not just writers, but someone they can put you in touch with that will um, help you make something or uh, build your career overall. And when you're getting put with other artists and other talent, are, are those do those start off with a general meeting to see if you guys will get along just like it was with the managers? Yeah, you just meet them at a restaurant and you just talk for a while. Just talk about stuff you saw, stuff you like, stuff you want to make. And you send them all your scripts and you hope that you'll click together. But um, that's how I've met with uh, two different directors now. The other one, um, Yovanka Vukovic, is the other director that I met through my manager who uh, I'm packaged with on a spec that we're trying to put together now. And it's been great. It's I was very lucky to be put together in that way. Um, and to meet people through my manager who they, they kind of curate these meetings and they pick mm -hmm. people that they think that you will work together well with. And often they're right. And so besides putting artists together with other artists, what else does the management take care of? Or what are they kind of doing behind the scenes while you're cranking out content and uh, cranking out more scripts and working with these artists? It's a little complicated. A manager is sort of your coach and they're sort of your friends and they are sort of your coworker. They're kind of all three. So they will um, put you on meetings with people they think that you can maybe come up with an idea and package together, a director, for instance. Um, and mine, for instance, will also put me on meetings, general meetings with uh, executives at production companies who they may have read a script, they'll send them scripts of mine and then if they like them, then they will wanna meet with me or uh, at least talk. And right. through that, you will hopefully build relationships that can lead to you putting a movie together. Um, or I haven't worked as much in TV, but I, I'd really like to uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, but they can submit you to um, staffs that are, or to showrunners that are looking to staff their shows as well. Um, gotcha. So they are basically your your coach and your mentor and your person who has all your scripts and they're sending them out and trying to get you work because they don't get paid till you do. Gotcha. So I want to get to creep show cause I'm really interested in that, but we talked before we started recording about not only talking about the ups, but talking about the downs. And I'd love right. to talk about some of the downs that you've experienced along the way. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, working here is the, art of dealing with people and um some people you will kind of click with and some people you just won't people always say it's kind of like dating working in hollywood which um in some ways is true i mean uh you'll you'll go on some meetings where you try to find something in common and you'll talk about movies and you'll it seems like you're it's all going well but then um, they will start sort of talking about their process or what the kind of thing they want to make is and you'll be like oh that's not what i want to make at all so mm. I've gone on meetings where uh, certain executives have been like, yeah, I want to make really, really sort of just mainstream commercial horror movies. It doesn't matter if they make sense. It doesn't matter if they add up. It's just about if they're scary and if they make money. And I've been like, oh, great. I want to make money too, but they can also make sense. I, I'm not sure if you know. <laughs> but uh, so you'll have those kind of 
just uh, clashes of kind of objective or personality sometimes. And as the writer, you're expected to kind of just smile and nod and give it your best and try to work something out because it's a job. I mean, it's not like it's it's art, but it's a job. I mean, right. you can't be too precious with any of this. You can't be like, I'm above doing a watered down big budget studio movie because I right. push up my glasses and I... Uh, you know, adjust my tie and I am better than that. Um, you're, you're not better than that. You're part of a machine. You're part of a, you're a, co- a, a cog in a machine that is trying to turn out a movie and turn out money. And that can be some, that can be money that goes to you as well. And it will make a lot of other people money. So um, you're not the smartest person in the room. And like when uh, I've kind of come to learn that, a lot of people have very different ideas of what this job even is. To some people, it is just a way to make movies that make money. Hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, they are business people, first and foremost. The people you're taking notes from, the people you're meeting with are usually not writers. Um, and they may or may not, they, they'll almost always say they care about making the most interesting and dynamic and kind of affecting movies possible. But you can tell that some of them don't really care about that. Um, they care about making a packaged film that hits all the demographics that they intend to and will have a wide release and make a good profit. And um, they're not wrong for wanting that. Uh, You just have to find the people that you really just click with and you're like, they share your kind of, not just your objectives, but your whole philosophy about the process. That's interesting. So after one of those disappointing meetings, what are you, do you just go back to your management and say like, hey, it's just not kind of, not for me? They sometimes follow up and they well, they well they always ask how it went and you are like yeah it went good uh, we talked about this and this but um, even your management knows like this is a town of like kind of just ghosting and uh, mm. if someone wants to get back in touch with you they will but if not you just won't hear from them again and uh, that's kind of all there is to it it's it's not a it's like so informal it's shockingly informal yeah I, it's even when you when they say you're signing with management as a writer you don't sign anything. You don't write anything down on any piece of paper. Do you know that? Most people don't even, I didn't know that. <laughs> you don't sign anything at all. They just, you just say like, okay, now we're working together and that's it. Um, there is, it's all just sort of verbal agreements. For the, with actors, I understand it's different and with directors and producers, I have no idea. But with writers, at least my experience, they just, you just are like, yep, now we're working together until you aren't. It's hard to explain to your family back home, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Hard to explain to anyone who has a sort of normal, who has an expectation that this will be like a normal job. Yeah, who has to sign like an actual like job agreement. It sounds like something where you would require that. I mean, it's even got like sort of numbers in, in writing. It's like this, this company will get 10% of everything you make, but you haven't signed anything that guarantees that. And you haven't uh, like put anything on paper or even shaking hands on it. It's all just based on trust and relationships in a way that is from what I can tell pretty unique to this business. Well, um, let's move on to creep show. Cause sure. I want to hear about it. Uh, Cause I'm, I am a huge creep show fan. Um, how did that come about? You talked a little bit about connecting with the director, but can you go into more detail about that meeting and how you guys clicked and how that kind of blossomed? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, the quick version is that my manager had another client um, who uh, was, again, a big Creepshow fan and had done a lot of sort of behind-the-scenes work with some people who were making the show and um, was just a big sort of behind-the-scenes documentary maker. And uh, he was in touch with all the people who were making the show and was going to be working on behind-the-scenes, but 
um, really wanted to direct an episode as well. Um, so together, he and I made a pitch packet of all of my kind of ideas for episodes, and we sent it to them, and they picked the one they liked the best. And uh, from there, I just kind of had the job, and I wrote the episode, went, and of course with this director, went back and forth and uh, uh, refined it as much as we could. And um, at the end, I ended up with a 20-page script, and then just threw it on the pile and uh, hoped that they would be able to make it in their first season order. Um, ultimately, it kind of fell outside the budget scope of their first season, but um, I count as my first job, and I still tell my whole family that I wrote on that show, <laughs> which is, <laughs> it's, it's this weird area. I mean, you have to, you can't sort of, uh, you know how actors will audition for a bunch of things, and then they will learn very quickly. You can't tell your whole family you're going to be on TV because you might get cut out. Um, it's right. the same deal. Uh, so... I wrote the whole episode and revised it and everything, but um, it uh, didn't pan out for season one. And uh, I'm told that if season two works out, it'll be in that one. But if not, I mean, that's part of the game as well. Um, you just have to always be looking forward and not really, you can't spend too long on any one project, phys like t physically typing at it or mentally, you can't spend too long in any one project. Mm. So was the, um, the, director you were connected with through your management was it his first directing gig or potential directing gig um he's made uh a feature a feature and uh, his okay. name was uh, i think i can just say his name i think it's fine uh, charles de Lazurka is his name he's made a, a feature which is called crave um and uh he has made some shorts and things but was looking to get more into directing and to uh he, he's also just a huge creep show fan huge nicotero fan and uh wanted to be on board and was had done enough sort of behind the scenes and stuff that he knew the people involved. And so that's the kind of benefit of getting paired with directors is that they will have their own web of connections that they can um, pair with you and try to connect you with people that can elevate both your careers at once. So what was the uh, writing process going back and forth with him? Um, so I had the went from just a page long outline, the sort of okay. uh, normal back and forth is do you come up with just the pitch or the log line for it just like the one sentence version of what this idea could be um and then from there after you get that kind of okay they're like yes i want to hear more about that one you write just a one page version of the whole script if it's a movie if it's a tv episode anything then they will give comments and notes on that and from there you go to either a treatment if it's a feature or if this was just a kind of a short episode i mean creep show is just an anthology with 20 ish minute episodes so right. you go right to first draft and uh you just bang it out and you show it to them and you revise and cut pages where you can and um you just make the uh in in a very short truncated amount of time that you have you just make the best episode you that you can um and uh it's not terribly complicated there there with me at least there weren't a lot of voices uh kind of giving feedback or or notes and we were just sort of left to between us uh, collaborate and come up with the best 20 ish page script that we could. And how long did it take you to write that first draft? Um, about two weeks, I would okay. say. Um, I typically write pretty quick. Um, and it is of course helpful that I, um, just doing sort of weird off the wall, uh, sporadic jobs instead of having a nine to five, I can see having a nine to five, it would easily take someone longer to, bang out a first draft but right. i'm in a kind of unique position of just you know 
<laughs> running Dungeons and Dragons online for money and selling blood. <laughs> uh, so those are my two main gigs. Uh, so I am able to kind of bang out a first draft of a pilot in two to three weeks and a feature in three to five. Now that that script is written and kind of on the pile and awaiting season two, what are you working on right now? If you can so, talk about it. I can. Yeah, I think so. Um, so right now I have a feature that is sort of packaged with the director Jovanka Vukovic and she just got done with a round of meetings here where she pitched it to a bunch of places and what I had for that is a I wrote again a one sheet which is a one page version of the story and give, you get feedback on that and then you write a treatment which is a an outline in essentially prose which is between 10 and 20 pages and then when the director goes and pitches this on all their sort of general meetings to the companies that they're meeting with, then they are given the one sheet as the kind of leave behind and they're left with the option of if they like it, they can ask for a treatment request or they can request a treatment, excuse me. Gotcha. And then, oh, excuse me, I'm burping. <laughs> uh, so then, oh, so where we are right now is um, she finished her round of meetings and um, we have gotten a bunch of treatment requests. So those, our manager has sent those all out and we're just waiting to hear who will possibly want to pay us development money to write the script. This is a script I have not written, but um, have written the outline so many times I feel like I have. So when, it, when a treatment is packaged with a director, is, are, are the, does that mean that if it goes forward, she is definitely directing and then you are definitely writing at least that first draft? Yeah, it's 100 percent like that. Um, that's uh, it's uh, essentially you are putting it together as like an independent film. Um, I mean, you don't know who's going to distribute it. You don't know what the production company is going to be. You are packaging with the director who is like, if you write this. I will direct it and we will take it to whoever will buy it. Gotcha. Um, so it's a little different than if you are writing like studio movies, uh, if you're you know, submitting them directly to studios through your representation that um, then it would be them who's setting up the package. It, was be, it would be them who was uh, finding a director and you know, all the different um, elements of the package that they, that they would need um, at the kind of lower indie film levels, especially in, I mean, doing genre stuff uh, is kind of weighted heavily towards doing it this way um, right. and you yourself are a, a genre filmmaker so i'm sure you know um more than most people that it's uh, at this kind of lower level um you are putting these packages together yourself and right. uh, yeah. you are finding the talent you want to work with and the director and producers you want to work with and then you can make movies of uh you know less than a million dollars that are you know effective and entertaining genre movies yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a struggle to assemble all of that. Absolutely, it is. But the nice <laughs> thing is, with genre stuff, you don't always need like a big star. And right. whereas if you're making like a drama, um, unless your independent actors are phenomenally good, which maybe they will be, but that's uh, not every single actor has like super necessarily uh, broad appeal or like the the kind of talent that you would need to uh, get it into, you know, like wide release theaters, um, then you will put together just the elements that you have and you will use what you have to work with. And at this level of writing, you're kind of a filmmaker in that you have to be able to assemble these elements yourself and be, be willing to do more yourself. You have to be willing to act as a producer yourself or sometimes direct it yourself. And is that, are you kind of prepping yourself for this feature that is being shopped around? Are you kind of prepping yourself to maybe get in a little bit more or is it just the writing you think? 
Um, I would love to be involved in as many aspects as I could. Um, it's my first time doing this, so I hesitate to say um, that I have any of these things like on lock necessarily, but my hope would be that I'd be writing it and would be able to be on set to do sort of like the revisions that come up day to day. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, whatever sort of elements of producing they need. Um, but um, I guess I just... I feel like I'm very young and I'm very new with all of this. So I'm, I'm learning a lot as I go and I have a lot to still learn. With that on kind of the, your, the forefront, is there, are there other scripts that you're excited about getting to write or are there other opportunities that you can talk about that you're kind of excited for? Yeah, I'd be glad to. I mean, um, I've got some, I've had some great meetings here, some with a few, um, uh, a company that owns the rights to a lot of role-playing games and I'm a huge mm. people who know, know me know that I'm a huge fan of role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons for instance but um, this company has the rights to uh, quite a few like sci-fi horror type games and I'm writing a pilot um, based on one of these that I'm just about finished with um, to hopefully shop around as a TV show um, and uh, after that, I have an attachment with another director who I'm writing another feature for, and that we have a producer package with that one too. Um, it is an original story, but sort of inspired by something that was in the news, I guess. Um, and then after that, uh, it's wide open, and it's just um, you, I have to write uh, specs, and um, that's what most writers uh, will kind of break in with, and what they really need to make their mark and make their name is you need just speculative screenplays that show who you are and sell who you are and show your unique talents in an, in an interesting way. So uh, moving forward, where do you see yourself? Like, what is the ultimate goals? It's, is it screenwriter first and foremost, or are you, do you consider yourself like getting into other things down the line? Well, I want to write a lot of movies and I want to write a lot of TV. I would love to be on staff for a TV show. Um, mm -hmm. Ultimately, my pie in the sky dream is to create and run my own TV shows as a showrunner. Um, that's a long road. Um, so along the way, I, I want to write movies and I do want to direct as well. So I guess um, it's just a kind of kind of everything. Uh, uh, I want to hopefully direct my first feature that I've also written in the next two to three years. Um, and I don't want to direct everything that I've written, but it's the, it's kind of like I know it when I see it. Uh, yeah. I, I know the particular, I, I write a lot, but I know the scripts that I'm like, I think only I could actually realize that in the way that I think it needs to be done. Um, I'm sure you are the same way. You have the same, yeah. same deal where you write a lot, but also are like, oh, that one has to be mine. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple ideas that I'm like, ah, I need to be doing that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't sell that one off. Right. Um, and that comes with the territory of just doing weird genre stuff, too. Um, I'm just, to some extent, I'm like, uh, not only could I not really sell this just because it's kind of uncommercial or strange or uh, very different, but um, I think another director would just do it in a way that I didn't really envision or doesn't complete the kind of, uh, it doesn't connect the dots in it in the way that I wanted it to. It doesn't, uh, cre it doesn't paint the picture of it that I wanted to see. Yeah, sure. Completely understand. So, um, Connor, let's, uh, before we wrap this up, where can people follow you? Where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you? <laughs> can they? Um, well, <laughs> do you uh, even want them to? <laughs> uh, God, I'm not on Twitter anymore. Um, 
I'm on Facebook. I don't really have a website. I, yeah, really, I'm just on Facebook. You know, okay. send me a friend request. Connor friend. Kyle is my name. Be glad to hear from you. We'll put uh, Connor's entire profile in the show notes so that you can click and send him messages. Please do. Guys. Send me weird stuff. I like that. Um, well, Connor, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I'm so happy we finally got you on to talk. Um, we talked about, even before we started rolling, like you're at a very, really, really important and interesting part of your career. And I'm so happy that I got to talk with you for, you know, 45 minutes about, um, cause I have a feeling this will, what you talked about is going to help a lot of people who are listening, um, kind of be prepared or f- commiserate or whatnot. So I uh, just want to thank you again. For sure. Um, if I could just take like two minutes, I could just in my m- quickest way possible, just give advice to those people who are trying to do what I'm doing. Yeah, totally. Okay, um, quick version. If you are trying to write Hollywood movies and TV today, um, you should be entering contests. Um, You should be, I know it costs money and it sucks, um, but you've got to be entering something. Um, And this is a pay to play game at this point. Um, And it's hard to hear and not everyone wants to do that. But um, if you are paying to enter contests, even if they aren't necessarily the biggest and most prestigious, I mean, of course, enter Nichols, of course, enter Austin, Um, try Page, try uh, Screencraft, try Scriptapalooza, try anything. Because if your material is really where it needs to be and is really good, you can get attention through these things if you just kind of place. You don't have to win these things. Um, And you need to just be writing all the time and uh, just constantly finishing things to the point where you're happy with it ish and then move on. Don't spend forever on one script. I I keep uh, meeting people who are trying to break in and they've been spending like a year or two on one script. And it's like, you just need to, you, you need to have a very vast and broad portfolio and you need to get it as wide as possible and don't be too secretive or precious with it. People are thinking everyone's going to take their idea or is going to um, like steal from them or something. That's crazy. Just share it as broadly and as widely as you can make a website that has all your scripts posted on there. And um, from there you can send queries to management uh, who will read you if your material is really strong. And also if you've gotten some kind of recognition at all, like if you can list something, if you were just a winner in a mid tier contest, you can get some managers to read you. There are some managers who are just starting out as well. Um, or if you can get it even to an assistant or to some, if you network and make friends with people who are assistants to managers, then they will be able to share it with their team. And uh, so just always be writing, always be submitting and sharing and um, bite the bullet and spend the money. Like you need to buy the Mm. ticket to take the ride. That's great advice, dude. Awesome. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Connor, again. Um, I'm super excited that you're on here and I have loved this conversation because I have been informed as well. So uh, again, thank you. And uh, guys, uh, he's not on Twitter anymore, but follow Connor. Uh, Connor's really, I've read a bunch of Connor's scripts and I've seen a bunch of his plays and uh, was lucky enough to produce one of his shorts. And Connor is a real, real, real talent. (laughs) So um, thanks again. And uh, guys, have a great week. Thanks, Zach. 
Hey guys, just want to remind you that not only can you find the Full Frame Podcast on HMD's website, www.hmdfilms.com, but you can find us on Facebook, and most importantly, you can find us on iTunes, where we would really like if you could leave a review and subscribe. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you.